You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Locked. Camera is locked. Here comes the fight song. are all around us. This? Whoa, this we is... See okay, potentials. I'm not doing it. Wait, wait a minute. Places. Oh, I didn't, are we getting paid to do this or are we just advertising for free? Uh, no, that was free advertising. I don't know whose ad that was, but... um, Okay, let's keep it that way. You're welcome. Um, Welcome to 3DM's podcast, everybody. We're on episode 49, and uh, as per usual, technical malfunctions are... Uh, Rampant. Yeah, they're they're mm-hmm. on brand for the day. Oh, um, is my ugly mug even on, uh, on camera? Um... You need to. You and Paul are going to have to get close. Okay, Paul. I have. Yeah, I missed you. I missed you too. I have. I'm occupying my own little slice right. of real estate over here. I'm Jake, joined as per usual by Paul Nacho's back in studio for once in a yeah, long time. How I know. You, how you doing, you fuzzy little man, Peach? Doing pretty good. I'm on my third vehicle in about a year. Good. So far, it's working fine. Uh, we'll see. And let's actually focus on our guest in studio today. We have Hannah of the. Forever DM No More crew. I'm going to botch that at least once at some point, but the first one's out of the gate just fine. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How I'm are you doing? Oh, I am. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to represent my very, very large group <laughs> as one person. How many people is are in your group, Is if I might ask? Uh, Twelve, including Oof. me. Oof. I'm the creative director. Um, so I do all of our advertising, all of our graphic design. Um, I do a good portion of our illustration. I do a good portion of helping coordinate any events. Um, and on occasion I get to DM for everybody. So that's, nice. that's pretty great. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, let's dive right into it. So, um, if anybody who's been following the show for a while uh, knows anything, they they know that I'm notoriously shit at social media. Um, we had a Twitter for about a year. I made in about one week. We had, we had a Twitter? Yeah, I know. I did <laughs> I did the metrics on it. And uh, turns out I only did about 80 tweets in one year. Ugh. Yeah, no, we're now up to five. I've, I've actually been doing the Twitter in the last month. <laughs> the uh, I looked at the analytics the other day, and they're hilarious because, like, just on the long scale, it's nothing, 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 nothing. Whoa, buddy. Um <laughs> Oh, better late than never, I suppose. So, uh, you learn something new. I am, uh, I've been doing my damnedest to make new friends. And about two weeks ago, I was at home, laid up in bed because I was sick. Uh, and I actually stumbled onto a Twitter that had just been made. And that was the one drop for Flint. 
Twitter, which uh, for anybody who is a fan of us, they know that we are from the mighty mitten, the great state of Michigan. And That's southern Michigan. Northern Michigan is its own uh, lawless land. It's its own lawless land that we stole from Wisconsin because we didn't uh, – they gave uh, Erie to Ohio, yep. which just as an aside, we give them one great lake and they set it on fire. How do you set a fucking lake on fire? Um, That's a story for another time. Gonna, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> Only you, Nacho. Only you. Um, but saw that Twitter, uh, started looking into everything, and it all sounded fantastic. And somehow I was able to get through and make friends with a couple of the people behind the project. And that's how we got Hannah in studio today. So. Oh my God, we're a real podcast now. <laughs> I know. Um, let's just let's start at the top. Um, so, for everybody who's unfamiliar with you and the Forever DM No More crew, all twelve of you, um, Jesus, yeah, love uh, group of just seven. Give us, give us the uh, the charming backstory of how all of you oh came to be. Wow, a year ago, once upon a time, a year ago, um, the person who started the project, uh, Hobart Church. Uh, his at on Twitter is friendly underscore DM. And he's also um, chilling in our uh, live chat right now. Thank God, Hobart. I love you. Uh, this is from your soul sister. Love you. Um, he made a tweet on Twitter. I forget what it was hashtagged with. Obviously, there was like D&D 5e and things like that in the hashtags. But I do think he actually did use the hashtag of forever DM, which is what I became reluctantly between my friends and I uh, simply because I was the only one that was like, all right, I'll run some shit. Willing and able is the yes. traditional forever DM problem. Yep. Um, <laughs> so a group of us got together and within about a month, uh, we had our first stream on Twitch and that Twitch is twitch.tv FDM no more. All one word, all lowercase. That is also our Twitter and like everything else. <laughs> but we are mostly housed It's good to on keep Twitter. consistent branding. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole story about what happened there too. We originally did not do that and it ended up, uh, Hobart is sitting at, you know, like 200 shy of 1K because originally we did everything under his branding and that was a big mistake. <laughs> so we should have, we should have switched a lot sooner. We learned our lesson. Um, we're doing our best. So, uh, in the last year, we've grown quite a bit. And here we are now, Forever DMs, all helping each other get to play and enjoy and rotate and rotate. Yeah. Um, yes. to the left, to the left. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. So you got 12 people. Let's just run down that list of hmm, all the, list. yeah. <laughs> Um, because twelve people seems like a lot. Again, the most people I've ever had in a game was seven, and even no, we then, don't all are... play together at the oh same my time. God. I promise okay. that's not that's not happening. My poor... okay, that sounds a lot less painful now. <laughs> my 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 poor soul. Um, so there are twelve of us. I have a list here. I will clarify that we stream on Tuesdays and Sundays usually with games. Um, so we. Get almost everyone in there. So the first and foremost, Tober, as I said before, at friendly underscore DM. He's the one who started this all. Um, and then there's me. Um, my at mention is at Ophiliac with an X over the E. So that's O-P-H-X-L-I-A-C. Um, there's also JJ, which is our 
Um, Navy veteran who currently is in Germany. Uh, he's a father of five. Oof. Um, today's his wife's birthday. So happy birthday mm-hmm. and happy Mother's Day to her. Uh, and his at on Twitter is Thurman the Wise One. All right. Um, Makes sense. Makes sense. And then for some of you out there, you might know about the pretty successful dice Kickstarter ice cream dice that went on. Um, and the man behind that, Mark, is on our team. And his at mention is I Scream Dice. <laughs> Pretty good title. Yes. Fantastic title. (laughs) Yes. And then we have... I give it a seven out of five. (laughs) I I don't know. I think think it's one of the tastier ones out there. That's true. Yes. Yes. I mean, who doesn't love ice cream? Unless you're lactose intolerant, but sorry. Oh, no. My lactose intolerant manager loves ice cream. Thank goodness. Everyone deserves ice cream. We have a lot of content to get through. We are going to speed run more names yes. at the end. Um, yes. Because uh, we do have to get you out of here at some point today so you can actually go do the show that yes. got you here to the dance in the first place. Um, so let's move on. Uh, so do you actually prefer DMing to playing or are you like just a player who is capable of being a DM and I, heartstrings get tugged? So – I prefer being a player, actually. Okay. Um, I reluctantly became a forever DM. Uh, so amongst me and my friends, that's I'm a bit of an oddity that I prefer being a player. Um, but I come from, from a background of writing and improv. So, yeah. Depends on the story you're trying to tell, of course. Yeah, yes. it's all pretty, you know, traditionally on brand for uh, what everybody is doing. Um, you got a favorite class or a like a go to character that you character concept is yes. any archetype particularly grab you? So I actually am wearing a pin today that says "World's Okayest Druid." Uh, Druid is um what I lean for usually, and my favorite character that I've ever played is a druid of the coast named Pacifica Lovecraft. Um, I love her very much. She's a sweet girl. I enjoy playing her quite a bit. I played a druid once. <laughs> he was a hobo with an army of rats. <laughs> Great times. Yeah, and I killed him, didn't I? Yeah, you killed him within three <laughs> sessions, you jerk. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, rip the druid. I, 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 I remember now. He's yeah. He's it's, dead. It's uh, been years since I've played a druid. He's dead, Jim. Uh, <laughs> Poor Vidar Glitterstone. Do you have a all-time, like, what was the moment that really got you hooked into D&D? Like, a, just a favorite in-game moment? Like, something happened and you were just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. Oh, boy. That... If you can narrow it down. Yeah, let's, let's try to get it to three tops. Oh, three. Um, well... Just one will do fine, but I'm saying if you got a bunch, we'll no, take three. I got three. two. I got two. There's there's one in my first game that I played that kind of was like, okay, I'll keep trying this. So in the first game that I ever played, I played a um, a female fighter soldier. Um, nice. Whose name is Cersei. And um, yes, like Cersei Lannister. Oh, I, I thought you were thinking Cersei is in the, the Greek sorceress, actually. If only. If only. If only. Um, that made it worse. But she ended up being uh, uh, really weird. Um, but there was a scene where where all my character ever wanted was like a a war horse. Ever since she had uh, retired from the military, and I rolled a nat twenty for the first time ever, and it was on an animal handling check for a war horse. Nice. And that that moment was like, hmm, I kind of like this. 
And then the the moment that really solidified, like, I'm going to be doing D&D forever was uh, actually the holidays. This past holidays, we did a holiday special with the stream uh, where we revisited uh, some of our older characters from the first game we ever played together. And there was this one scene where my character Pacifica uh, raised a tidal wave and just decimate decimated these these frost giants. Um and it was it was a great scene um that got that that got me hooked i'm here to stay I'm glad to hear it yes fantastic um okay we also have a request to move you slightly to the right because your microphone is just literally perfect like just hiding your face perfectly it and looks like it yeah i actually took a look at the uh the video stream for a second yeah and it was you have a microphone for a face i mean that's usual for me but you know <laughs> And I'll just hide off camera for now until uh, until we move to the next part of the episode. Um, so moving on, though, and let's actually get into the big juicy deets. Let's uh, let's get into one drop because oh, this boy. is well, it's you know, it's really cool. So, yeah. Flint, Michigan is still ongoing, by the way. Just because the media stopped talking about it doesn't mean that, you know, water miraculously came back. Yeah, it's been something like fourteen hundred and eighty days since they've had clean water in the city, and it's still a problem. Uh, I mean, the pipes are finally getting changed next year. It only took them enough time. Yeah, it only took them nearly five years. Yeah. Mm. But, um, you know, they the people there still need fresh water. And so when did the idea for one drop just pop into your head? And it's because it's already growing really quick. And like, so when did you come up with that idea and that concept? And, you know, when did you pitch it to the team and everyone gave it? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, uh, so with one drop, um, I had I had made the team aware uh, it, at the end of April that we broke five years. So um I ended up pitching it to the team like, hey, what if for our one year anniversary, we did a charity stream and now it's kind of becoming this whole creature on its own. It's alive. Um, it's alive. <laughs> there has been some discussion about down the road registering it as an official nonprofit f- from the gamers to Flint because they're going to need water for a good another year at least. Yeah. So Assuming our current government doesn't screw up even further and somehow botch mm. this project, but we'll leave that. Let's aside. remain hopeful today, Paul. <laughs> let's keep positive. Let's just stick to what the construction times should be for it. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, the predictions. So, but yeah, you got everybody on board. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to do it. Uh, I mean, looking at this thing, because I mean, actually, last night, just random, you know, looking at random Twitch streams, uh, there was a scarathon going on. They had raised already raised about seventeen thousand mm-hmm. dollars for uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Just you know, kind of casually going on and stuff. And the D and D community can really, really uh, dump some cash on things I mean, when they're feeling. We're yeah. a pretty wealthy community altogether, but yeah, um, and we're I'm the very, exception. Yeah, we're a very charitable you know, we both community. Not, Joe, um, is there any like pie in the sky? Like, what would you define one drop as a success if you could raise X amount of money? Oh boy. Like what's the what's the dream here? Well, the dream was more so based on who we could get involved. It was the who more than the the amount. Like we knew if we could get attention from, you know, like D&D Beyond or even Wizards of the Coast, like there was a possibility that we as a community 
could really do something for people. And the one drop for Flint is the goal is as a community, we're just representing everybody going forward. And that is why it's very important to us to make sure we do something that's worthwhile. And this feels like it so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've done uh, just a little bit of price comparison of like bottled water that you'd pick up at the grocery store. And, you know, like median price in Michigan is about three bucks for a 24 pack. Um, So, you know, like even three thousand dollars, that's, you know, roughly a thousand cases of water. Mm -hmm. And considering that most of these families have to cook with it, uh, you know, wash with it, do laundry with it because the lead levels in the water are so high that it's just harmful all around, um, you know, whatever money we can raise is going to be fantastic. But Jake, I thought you added lead to your food to make it sweeter. Well, I do because I hate my liver. But, <laughs> um, you know, you, you talk about bigger people getting involved. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned off the bat that was really cool was uh, Matthew Lillard uh, mm-hmm. of Shaggy from Scooby-Doo and uh, one of the killers from the first Scream movie fame. Um Pitching his involvement. Uh, Have you gotten any other big names that you can tell us about? Or is there uh, any big names being kept under wraps? All of that information has to remain under wraps right now because we are in a waiting game. Because you gotta love emails. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we are waiting to hear back from quite a few people. Um, Thankfully, uh, this is public. D&D Beyond is throwing in their involvement. Nice. And they're going to be helping us coordinate directly with Lillard. So you can look forward to getting more updates on that. Um, We have been doing video updates where we share a lot more in-depth than you can with the character limit of Twitter. Yes. Uh, So we do have a YouTube channel that you can find those at that is also just called One Drop for Flint. Okay. So if you're interested, check out the updates. Most recent one is about nine minutes, and it's very in-depth. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, is it already like everything that's happening so far already surpassing what you thought originally when you were oh, just yeah. playing the stream? Oh, we didn't think that we would need a separate Twitter. Like, that's <laughs> that's where we're at is we were like, oh, let's do a charity event. But then it turned into shit. We need a Twitter. <laughs> so yeah. how do you run two Twitters? Because – I just found out we had one and we don't know how to run it. How do you run two or three if you're running a personal at the oh, same yeah. time? Oh, you uh, should see me and Clint fumble over replying to shit because like he'll start replying to something and then I'll reply to it at the same time. And there's yep. just like two very different tonal uh, things. Well, like, gritty, that's a terrible idea. Kill yourself. <laughs> well, listen, I'm not that. Yeah, how, how do we how do we do that? So so what we have. As I said, we're lucky to have 12 people on our team, but there is a a core of us that are more involved with this than other people because everyone has their lives. You know, you got to make time for things like this. So myself and aforementioned Hobart, JJ, and Mark, um, we've been all working more center on this. And Hobart already runs our um, Twitter for the stream. Um, So we were like, you focus on that We'll handle the one drop Twitter. But even then, we're all we're all still working on it. We're all still logged in. Um so yeah, I've been helping run the one drop Twitter as well as my personal. Um because I am also trying to get to art commissions and things. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um and then oh, oh yeah, I also want to follow up with uh so is running one drop 
like is that harder or easier than you thought to get an organization going? Hmm. That's actually an interesting question because there were – especially that first week where like everything had insane momentum. There there were a lot of tears and it wasn't just happy tears. There was a lot of stress. There was a lot of communication. Even just dealing with the fact that we have someone uh, directly involved who's in Germany and is about six hours ahead of us. Yeah. Um, six hour offset. So – that that made things kind of wonky here and there. But after that, we got through the first week. Things were like, okay, we've, we've got all these donations. We've got all these prizes. We've got um, people donating to our coffee page and things like that. Now we're in like a waiting lull. So it's been a lot easier to just focus on the Twitter and be more involved. And yeah. Yeah. That first week, though. <laughs> all right. That's something. Um, so what, you know, so you, cause you see a lot of things happen like this all the time. The tabletop RPG community, um, you know, not just the D and D community. Um, you know, they, there's more of the, us than just the Dungeons and Dragons yeah, community. The whole of the TTRPG community, um, has always been a very selfless community. There's always, uh, Kickstarters and GoFundMes, um, for either, you know, not only stuff, people creating stuff, but also personal stuff like, Hey, you know, I'm, can't afford to buy new books because, you know, something happened to, you know, some family reason or X, Y, and Z. And usually all these people usually get covered. Um, what do you think, like just a personal take, what do you think about the tabletop RPG community? Um, what is it that makes the tabletop RPG community so selfless? You know, and this is coming from someone who has been in, in toxic communities before online. I feel like all of us do a little stint in somewhere that's not so great. Legal legends. Um, <laughs> that's one I've heard about. Um, Fortune. I was I, – I come from the Tumblr community. I was very involved in Tumblr and we all know that that went to shit. But Wait. You came out productive and you were in Tumblr. Yes. How? Uh, I'm smart, I guess. I don't know. Years of therapy, not you. Years of therapy. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. Um, but the tabletop RPG community, just just through witnessing all of the kindness and what have you, I feel like we all in the community come from some place that originally wasn't so great, and so we know we know what we want out of a positive relationship and we know that so. the key to receive kindness is to give it and i think the tabletop rpg community does that very well and so with you know when the charity event finally comes up um i know you guys have already announced this but we'll go ahead and we will plug it again i mean not only do you have the very good feeling of knowing that you are donating water to people in need um you know People who actually need it because they're, again, in Flint, there is very much a shorter of uh, potable water. Um, you're also going to be entered in to win some stuff. And mm -hmm. I've already seen like a short list of some of the stuff you can win. Do you want to rattle some of that off really quick? Uh, let me pull up my list. <laughs> yeah, the amount of people who were just like, and I'll donate this and I'll donate that yep. was fucking incredible. So... Some giveaway prizes that I have that are, like, definitely confirmed. 
Um, our own Hobart is going to be giving away PAX Unplugged passes. Hmm. Um, so what's that? that's going to be is that you get your pass. You just have to figure out your transportation. And he's your not paying stay. for your hotel room. Yes, but. but he's paying for your pass if you win it. Um, we have a uh, crochet artist on board who is going to be making a custom doll of your D&D character. We have someone who is going to be giving away the uh, deluxe edition of Ghosts of Salt March. Nice. Um, the very popular um, homemade dice maker, Greenleaf Geek, is going to be donating one of her very beautiful dice sets for a prize. Um, let me see. D&D Beyond has promised us not one, but two codes for their legendary bundle, um, which gets you everything unlocked. It's about a $400 value. So that is super awesome. Um, the- Any other highlights you'd like to share about the uh, prize list? Uh, well, we do have we have uh, two versions of un- uh, Uncaged Anthology that are going to be coming out. And Which is fantastic, by yes. the way. Everybody buy that book. Yes, we are going to have that. And then we might have custom dice, but I can't That's give exciting. away too much about that. I'll just drop that right there. <laughs> drop that juicy tidbit right at the end there. All right. yes. We are already running briefly over time uh, for what we promised we'd keep you today. So if you want to finish plugging the rest of everybody else yes, at your team. I can do We don't want to keep you too long. You got busy. I have D and D to play. <laughs> okay, maybe not so busy then. Right. Um, so we have some artists on our team. We have um, at Regal underscore Stars. She's an artist. We have at IRL Jade underscore Bubbles. She's an artist. Uh, we have uh, Nate at Hexlix, who is an artist. We also have uh, Megan at M Squeak. DeForest at Part Time underscore Druid. Kristen at Ad- Adventurer's Yarn, all one word. Uh, Cody at Tim Eats Slim Jims. And finally, we have Rosemary at Ready, Set, Rosemary. Are any of these artists available for commissions? All of us are. Excellent. Including me. I do video. I do map making. I do digital illustration. I'm a jack of all trades. (laughs) A real dilettante, if you will. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Hannah. Thank you for appearing on the show today. Thank you so uh, much. We are Thank not you for gonna, me. Yeah, we are not going to keep you any longer because we already know you got a bit of a trek back and you yes. got to get to playing some D&D. Yes. Um, thank you very much again. We are going to plug everybody at the end and for everybody currently watching. Please make sure that you uh, go follow uh, One Drop for Flint on Twitter. Or at least uh, take a look if you can't be bothered to follow. Oh, no. You better follow. You better. I will track <laughs> you. I will fight you in the parking lot with a shovel. It's a damn charity. <laughs> Harsh. Okay? You be charitable or I'll beat you. <laughs> charity force is not charity. And then do we have everybody plugged in the uh, in the comments of our video? Not yet. Uh, we'll get to it. Oh, we've got <laughs> we got a lot of comments that we got to get to. But uh, <laughs> Well, no. I just want to make sure that, like, Everybody's already plugged in there in written format. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. We will uh, plug everybody in the written chat at the end. Oh, uh, we're live on air. It's a discussion yeah. for after the show. So, all right. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. We will talk to you soon. And yes. now we scrunch the chairs together. Yes, Hannah must disappear. Dimension door. Best of luck, Hannah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Smoke screen. Enjoy Smoke well. All right. Uh, to the left. To the left. Bring it on in, fellas. Bring it in. Let's do the microphone shuffle. 
right. Turning off my five. I'm allowed to be on camera again. All right. Yeah. These chairs are getting tangled together. There's Nacho, get out of your chair. Take that chair. Uh, <laughs> do the dance. Do right, the dance, I'll... bud. So many we're chairs. We're spending a dollar a minute here, guys. Come on, hurry up. Uh, if we were spending a dollar a minute here, I don't think we'd be recording here. <laughs> okay, now that I'm even more on camera, I apologize for uh, my disfigured face. There was an unfortunate beard trimming accident, yeah, and no, then it all had to go. Uh, pull pull your uh, that old mic down, too, because I don't have time to adjust the cameras. Nice. Okay. And just like that, Legs. with the power of illusion, okay. we're here. Um, so, yeah, that was delightful. I really, really hope that charity goes well. We're going to plug it all again at the end. Uh, but to fill our last 20 minutes here of airtime before we do the deep list of plugs that we have to hit today. Um, let's, let's talk do about a, hit, a hit that we did on our Discord that was brought up by, I believe, Adam. Yep. On our Discord. And so, well, let nobody say we don't listen to our fans. Yep. Uh, sci-fi in D&D is a very... Tricky thing to do, and I'm just topic. Yeah, I'm just going to lead off strongly by saying this: uh, in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, sci-fi, like doing a pure sci-fi thing, is nigh impossible. I would, I'm, I'm going to do my soapbox thing, and people are going. I'm being, you know, contrarian. I do not think Dungeons and Dragons is particularly built for science fiction. There are other better systems if you'd like to do that. Spelljammer. <laughs> No, that's, you got a point there. Spelljammer is an excellent system if you do want to do uh, science fiction Dungeons and Dragons. Unfortunately, I don't think they've updated it beyond second edition, so you're going to have to do some serious hack sawing to make it work. Yeah. Um, the bones of 5e aren't really built for sci-fi, but we do have ways around it if that's something you're actually very interested in doing yourself as a player. Uh, but off the top, just the first recommendations I really want to make, uh, if you're looking to do a traditional sci-fi game, eh, look at systems like Traveler, uh what else? Battletech, Star Wars, Edge of the Empire. All of these uh, are Eclipse Phase. Dungeons of the Dragoning has some excellent science fiction things. Well, it's a fan game, so I can't recommend you legally buy it anywhere because you're getting ripped off. Uh, Lancer, a mech combat RPG, is a game that recently got published on – well, not published. It got funded on Kickstarter. You can get the rules online for free if you'd like to do mech combat in a sort of fantasy, mystical science fiction setting. Uh there's Warhammer always, 40K? Yeah, there's always the Warhammer 40K RPGs, Dark Heresy, uh, Black Crusade, Only War – uh, I'm probably missing one too. Rogue Trader. There's yeah. There's there's a lot of sci-fi stuff out there if you oh, really want to do. Oh, and Numenera and Stars Without Number also great ones. And if you have made a deal with the devil, there's always Starfinder. I can't in good conscience recommend it, but there it is. There it is indeed. So now that we have all of these rattled off for everybody's, I got to get more this way. Everybody's uh, viewing pleasure oh, here. Let's, Option. Let's switch this way so that we're all leaning in. Come here, buds. Let's focus. We got limited time. Bubs. Yep. So science fiction, we've listed off things that would be better if you'd like to do it. But if you're going to do it anyway, because it's a system you're familiar with, let's talk about how you can do it with the least pain for everybody involved. So pure sci-fi, nigh impossible. But you're going to be able to approximate something like cyberpunk, kind of like Shadowrun does. Um or sword punk, uh, as a you know, if you want to look up those terms, basically it's high tech mixed with you know fantasy sword play. It's and like you know Dune, where everyone ends up fighting with swords because shields make ranged combat near impossible. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's several different ways that you can integrate high sci-fi into your games. Um, I would again not recommend pure science fiction, like hard science fiction. Soft science fiction you can definitely do. Again, there are better systems, but you can sure do it. 
Star Wars is a great example. Star Wars would fit pretty well in the bones of D&D actually, uh, assuming you have better gun rules. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Star Wars system, I thought it was pretty nice when I played it. Yeah, Edge of the Empire or one of the other ones? It was the – Does uh, it use six-sided dice yeah, or – Yeah, the – I think it was 46, whatever. OK. Yeah, that's Edge of the Empire, which uses the old fudge dice, which I recommend. Fate is also yeah. a system that works with absolutely everything. Same with GURPS. Uh, but we're going to leave those aside because we've already blathered enough about those. Yeah. So step one, when we're putting together a sci-fi game or you want to add in sci-fi elements, uh, one of the most important things that you have to make a distinction, this is going to be a little on the esoteric side of things, but you have to kind of figure out where not only like the tech level is, but what's kind of fueling everything. Uh, as a good example and something that everybody would be very familiar with because this just uh, – re-entered the consciousness of a lot of folks is Final Fantasy 7. I think the Final Fantasy games, uh, particularly 7, 8, 10, 12, 13, and 15, whoo, um, are really good examples of how to integrate yeah, they're, science fiction and fantasy stuff together. They're good Magitech settings, if you will. But um, 7 uh, definitely hits a lot of the hard points. You end up in space at one point. Uh, magic is confined into uh, the materia which or is, well, in seven materia, in others, in the other ones, they use different settings. Yeah, it's always so it's different in technology. Yeah, but uh, what I love about seven, though, is yeah. So the Mako or Mako or however you want to pronounce it is used to uh, not only you know make generate electricity and power the planet, and uh, you know it fuels the urban dystopia that we have set up in that uh, setting. But they also use the highly condensed version of that to make the materia, which is what everybody uses to fuel their magic. It's a really cool concept for a setting. And uh, bones like that for a sci-fi setting can really help propel things. Uh, basically, what I'm getting at here is you need to keep it simple. Um, getting too far in either direction really exposes the weaker side. Like if you're using science fiction tropes um, – and ignoring a lot of the magic tropes and there's something that magic could do easier then why isn't the magic integrated a uh, good example of that is teleportation uh you know we're all familiar with in star trek you know beam me up scotty yeah uh one standard know, action one standard action uh there's you have teleport and you have spells like teleport circle um how do those change how your fiction works because i mean if you're gonna go into this you might as well decide how you like might as well. You're going to have to decide how magic and technology interact. Do they mesh perfectly like with, again, Final Fantasy VII as previously mentioned and that technology is merely an extension of magic or something like Arcanum of Steamworks and uh, Magic Obscura where they're two entirely separate systems and they actively fight each other in the world? Yeah. Um, another like little tidbit to highly consider when you're, again, looking at all your technology and all your stuff and <laughs> – you know, the more we looked at this, the more this is like, damn, we probably could have cranked a whole show out of this, but we're trucking. We committed. Through. Yeah, we're doing it. We're trucking through these notes, baby. It's, um, it's okay. I found out the topic as I walked into the studio, what, 30 seconds before intro? Listen, I was busy making sure our guest was attended to. I didn't have time for a host who shows up once in a blue moon. Oof. Oof. Rude. I'm sorry, Nacho. I'm, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep now. I've been, a, I've been under a lot of stress lately. This is worse than when I kicked someone out and he called me a hillbilly. <laughs> clearly a hick. <laughs> There's a difference. There's Diamond. Diamond. Uh, yeah, I, come find, from, uh, I come from cornfields, not mountains. Not a hillbilly. <laughs> um, okay. Let's refocus. So in fantasy uh, or in D&D, &D, not fantasy, in D&D, &D, one of the problems with weaponry uh, – 
that comes up when you start adding sci-fi elements like laser guns, laser swords, laser anything, is that they're typically going to do way more damage. Um, this is something you really need to consider and focus on hard for your lore because there are two very drastic ends to this equation. Um, on the one hand, you can keep normal swords, weaponry, um, bows, and all that stuff hanging around for use in your setting and as the standard equipment. Um, you know, and the game's going to work as it functionally would. Uh, but also keep around or add in, I should say, uh, you know, your laser swords, your laser yeah. rifles, um, all these various things. Yeah, now let's. The Dungeon Master's Guide on page, what is it? It's. 268 in 5th edition does in fact provide a table of explosives and laser weapons and firearms if you really want to use them. Futuristic weapons like uh, laser pistols, antimatter rifles, so on and so forth, if you really want. Yeah, the antimatter rifle with its 6d8 damage. 68 necrotic, which is a lot. Oof. oof. <laughs> um, let's just get all the oofs out of the way. The Laser pistol does 3d6 radiant damage. Oof. That's more than a great sword. And it has range, what? Uh, 40, 120, and 50 shots per clip. It's also only two pounds. You know, oof. Cause. Oof. Uh, you've also got stuff like, again, the laser rifle's 3d8 radiant. Uh, it's actually not that very good compared to a pistol, but you know, whatever. And of course, you got explosives like grenades, which, uh, how much damage does a grenade actually do here? Does it, it doesn't mention. Huh. It doesn't want you to know. Oh, 5d6 piercing. Yeah. Piercing's an odd choice. Why piercing? Because Shrapnel. Of the, uh, yeah. Huh. Well, uh, Shrapnel. I would have said fire or something. But <laughs> Think about it. It goes boom, and then the casing of it goes boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nacho was a grenadier, so if there's anybody here actually very yeah, qualified. Um, <laughs> the problem, but back to the main point, um, one of the problems that is immediately going to arise when you start using weaponry like this um, is, you know, so your players can have it and that's fine. When the other side gets a hold of some of this shit, that's when bad things yeah, start to happen. Like you, you can sort of give weapons like laser rifles and pistols over for if you really want to mesh these things as sort of rewards like magic weapons, which we discussed in the cars. You can basically just kind of think of them as magic weapons that do X, Y, and Z. But once enemies have access to them or – even more, once people generally have access to them, things change. Yeah. For example, wizard's damage is not great. In fact, that's not really the reason you play a wizard. But once you have grenades on hand, grenades are probably better than fireballs just because you can sort of keep them around if you want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, way back uh, when I was playing 3-5, uh, my DM, he wanted to try out some stuff. So he started introdu introducing some more science fiction into our campaign. And the way that he ran the, uh, like, laser rifles and weapons like that, there were uh, greater elementals that were trapped inside it. So you'd have to use an arcana, a use magic device, yeah. and Something all like of that. that. And if you started failing those checks, it's, not, it's either A, not going to work for you, or you roll a one, it blows up, and boom, elemental's free, and... He's Angry, pretty pissed. Yeah. yeah, that reminds me actually of Exalted, which is another thing. If you really want to do, <laughs> I really we need like to quit Exalted. mentioning other systems. Sorry, uh, uh, their so, guns are just tubes with prayers engraved on the inside, so the gods involved in the tube can throw a bullet at high speeds. Okay, that's there awesome. Um, moving, but moving on to the other end of this combat spectrum here, uh, and this is what I actually recommend if you want to integrate some high end sci fi stuff. And this is actually something Adam just said in the chat. Way to beat me to it. Bud. Good job, Adam. Good job. Um, well done. Is changing damage type on regular weapons um, can very 
quickly and easily. Say, for example, you want to have a lightsaber because that's what everybody's familiar with. Um, we can either change just a longsword's damage from slashing say, uh, to radiant. A great sword actually would be better to represent their damage and spe- since most Jedi fight with two hands. I'm but. just, you know, as an example. Yeah. Um, you know, you can change damage types to better uh, of radiant a weapon. fire or something like that. Yeah, without having to worry to mess with the plus one uh, aspects, plus one, plus two, you know, and trying to make things magical. Um, although that does raise a very interesting question uh, in the hypothetical of sci-fi fused with D&D. Can a lightsaber hit a ghost or any other incorporeal creature? I don't think you can force Only if you have a of. silver crystal. <laughs> a no, silver see, lined lightsaber. Wouldn't, wouldn't Darth Vader have sorted Obi-Wan then if that was the case? Yeah, he would have. Instead, he just Obi Wan just kind of sat there, and he became more powerful. It's canon. Lightsabers imagine. are ineffective against ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> That's you yeah. got to be silver to beat their dr. <laughs> Duh! Everybody's just running around with a lightsaber, and then just a silver dagger, just in case those pesky ghosts show up. <laughs> That's what cortosis is for in canon. Yeah. Oh wait, no, cortosis is no longer canon. Damn you! Disney. Oh, ooh. The mouse will have its way. Right. Uh, the house of mouse will not be denied. So another problem that you're going to run into, though, when integrating this future tech and something for your consideration is how our skills and involvement uh, with objects that aren't normally involved with in a normal fantasy game going to work. Example, computers. Yeah. We talked about this in the car. We mentioned perhaps possibly creating a hacking skill. Or something similar. I believe I mentioned security systems if you want to do things other than just hacking into computers. But even then, 5th edition has done a great job of removing skill bloat. So why contribute again to skill bloat by creating more skills? Couldn't we fit this into something else we thought? So we discussed briefly we could maybe make it sleight of hand. That makes sleight of hand way too good. Intelligence, lockpicking. Intelligence check first to see if they can hack it and then a sleight of hand check. But then that's setting players up for failure. Yeah. Um, because you have to now make two required and checks to do something. one of them isn't even a skill. So. Yeah. Um, we mentioned perhaps a set of tools, but people forget that tool proficiencies exist. Yeah. Uh, so Except well, for thieves tools and disguise tools. Yeah. But if you wanted to really harp on those and actually use them, that would be a pretty – effective way to you know say have uh what what's the shadow run device that uh the hacker has that he can just you know jack in uh a deck no com um i mean i know there's auto picks and stuff but you usually just plug in a network node for the hacker to jump into with his com link yeah um jeez it's been a while since i opened the shadow run book uh, <laughs> i recommend shadow run guess sixth edition is coming out soon actually i'm pretty pretty hyped really about that. yeah Maybe they'll finally get over the problems they had with fourth, fifth edition. Nope. Oh. Combat's still going to be slow as hell. Nothing will ever change. I don't know. Everything remains the same. God, we're so narcissistic and just dour today. <laughs> the, the only fast combat is when you rush into an encounter. Oh, you're playing um, fate. But those are little problems you're going to have to address. Um, again, I just highly recommend reskinning tools or you know adding an additional tool to try to solve what problems uh, – are going to be created by, you know, again, say the rogue wants to hack into the door because instead of picking the lock, he has to hack into the lock. Um, you can change some of that stuff. Um, also, when it comes to maintaining weaponry and things like that, that's going to change. Old Artificer, before they revamped Artificer, actually and makes took a, away your guns. <laughs> before the libs took the guns away. Um, I love that joke too much. Uh, <laughs> 
works very effectively in this setting because it can, uh, as another intelligence fueled class, uh, it can really balance and moderate and just do things that wizard isn't built to do because wizard is just focused on reading all the time where artificer actually makes sense that they tinker with objects and items uh so having artificer as a available class makes a hell of a lot more sense and then just deciding how common a lot of these items and things are really going to be um things like a jetpack you know is everyone jetpacks are cool jetpacks are cool jetpacks are going to give everybody flying speed eric coker with a jetpack where is your god now it has double flight until it blows up because the jetpack's not stable yeah well also you got wizards for with their fly spell their honeyed words okay now i'm getting off topic Uh, adam being the real mvp in our chat right now also linking a uh to a yeah, linking us to the Grease Monkeys Guide, which is a DMs Guild product, which I have checked out before and I've been meaning to buy. I just listen, money doesn't grow on trees. Um, it's made of them. And cotton. And cotton. Let's talk about because we've got three minutes left before we start devolving into our just deep list deep of plugs that we gotta do today, which I'm very happy to do, by the way. Uh is So we can talk very briefly about um themes. Yeah, what kind of um, science fiction are you going for here? Are you going for sort of Star Trek beaming around planets? Are you going for a, a 20 minutes into the future sort of uh, it's the modern day but also Dungeons & Dragons classes exist? I don't know why you do that. But, uh, yeah, are we trying to hit some retro uh, futurism uh, a la 70s Onimusha 3 did that pretty well. Yeah, they. Hmm. Don't worry, no. Yeah. Is that the one with Jean Reno in it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I knew that um, sounded familiar. But or, yeah. or are you doing Independence Day where – all the sci-fi swarms in. Actually, let's talk about aliens briefly. Yeah, um, yeah. Just to rush through this aspect, if you are looking for an inv- uh, visionary force, there are several fantastic options that are anything with an aberration tag. Yeah, anything uh. that's an aberration tag. My personal favorite, actually, the one I didn't talk about in the car because I wanted to save it for the show, is the Obelix, which is in Mordenkind and Stone of Foes. Right. If you are unfamiliar with what the Obelix does, it is a smart ooze that absorbs intelligences and grows more personalities and side of itself and can replicate people um, up to 20 at a time when it's at its full size. It's also known as Jake. Yeah, it is Nightmare Fuel. Also me. Um, also me. Other things that work very effectively are the Gith Yankee. Um, they are basically just invaders from space, just they're from a different plane. And mm, Ablets, Beholders, Mind Flayers especially, Space Jammer did that. They all make uh, fantastic if you really want to go back, invading forces. Neogi, yeah, or yeah, you no, could no, just take one of the alien races from any of the actual uh, science fiction uh, RPGs. Yeah, <laughs> the Slan. Uh, let's see. There's of course orcs. Although that's, I'm not sure that's even a very good idea. You can have Vulcans come in. Yeah. <laughs> Vulcans would invade. They're too rational for that. Vulcans. Oh, uh, no, they would be turning you into a workforce because that's Bastards. the logical thing to do. I am a big fan, though, of uh, just making dwarves into tiny little Vulcans. So the other thing I wanted to say is, um, you know, have you ever wanted to do extra planar adventures but don't want to deal with high-level PC bullshit? I have. <laughs> Go Spaceships. On. Other planes or other planets. They can spaceship over there. They don't need to be high enough level to cast plane shift. Done. There you go. Boom. That's your idea for the day. All right. Uh, there's a lot more I'd like to do. With this topic, and maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll make a YouTube video on it. But we got plugged so deep, the Underdark ain't got nothing on it. Ooh, 
Oh, that is a beautiful segue. God damn, I've missed having you on this show. Um, all right, yeah, let's jump into the plug plugs. list. Yeah, let's let's smoke this plug list really quick as I hide off camera so I can look at my notes better for it. Okay, first things first, we would like to thank Hannah very much for coming on the show today to talk about One Drop for Flint. Uh, we are going to scream through all the FDM. Uh, no more cruise uh, ads so you can follow them. Um, we follow most of them on our personal Twitter and they all tweet some pretty fun stuff. So let's just go through it. Uh, Hobert is the guy who runs everything. He is at friendly underscore Dieb. Hannah, who we had on the show d- today is at O P H X. Ophiliac. It's. Yeah. Ophiliac. Ophiliac. With an X. With an of an X. Yep. That's what I thought. Um, we got JJ, who is Thurman the Wise one. Uh, Mark is at Ice Cream Dice, which, by the way, I don't like mint chocolate chip ice cream, but he is selling like a set of mint chocolate chip dice, and I want to buy them. I might uh, buy one just for my Golgari deck out of Magic the Gathering. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they're, they're some handsome dice. We have Jess at Regal Stars. Amber is IRL Jade underscore Bubbles. Megan is M at M underscore Squeak. DeForest is at Part Time underscore Druid. Kristen is Adventure Say S Y A R N Adventure S Y A R N all one word. I'm not even going to try to announce it because I'll just screw it up. We have Nate at Hexlix, uh, Cody at Tim Eats Slim Jims. It's fantastic, and uh, Rosemary at Ready Ready's Tros Rose. Jeez, some of these are tongue twisters saying ads. I thought I was bad at reading, dude. I thought I was Rosemary. Yeah, thank you. Nailed it. Um, obviously you can follow them at twitter.com slash, uh, FDM no more, uh, or at FDM no more. Uh, you can head over to Twitch. They're going to be going live in about an hour. If you guys want to check them out, we've got, I believe we have it pinned in the chat, um, from Hobert. He shared the link to their Twitch. So if you want to go check them out in an hour, fantastic. Uh, the most important two though, that I really want to stress is please go follow at one drop for Flint. Um, that is all one word, one spelled the old fashioned way, O N E drop for Flint, uh, to keep up with that charity work. We're going to share out that link again on our Facebook. I'm also going to copy and paste all of these ads, uh, so we can, you know, make sure everybody gets, uh, their recognition, their recognition and take a look at their work because they all do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, they also have a website, uh, one drop for Flint dot wordpress.com and check out their YouTube where they're going to be continuously sharing more updates as we approach the stream. Woof. Now, episode 49 of the three DMS podcast. Uh, next one is number 50 and that is going to be our last show as three DMS. And we are going to gloriously rebrand the show at the end of the episode. And, uh, you know, we're going to have confetti. It, yeah, it's going to be the last of 3DMs, first of the new shit. So please tune into that. That is in two weeks' time on March 26th. Or not March, May 26th. We will be talking dragons. Dragons. We've made it through 49 episodes, and we haven't done a whole episode on dragons. And so I think we might actually book extra time for that, because there's a lot of shit about dragons that we can talk about. Oh, yeah. And we have a couple of fun little surprises in store for that episode as well. Um now time for our regular shout-outs. Uh, if you enjoyed the show today, please follow us at, on Twitter at Twitter at 3 underscore DMS underscore pod. That is uh, Twitter.com slash at 3 underscore DMS underscore pod. Uh, follow us there. 
that we're using it a lot more now uh, to interact with us. If you liked the show, please give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash 3DMs podcast. And do you guys have anything else you want to plug in before I get a little personal? Oh, yeah. I was going to say we should talk briefly about – you're probably listening to this right now via Facebook. We have a Facebook video stream thing. Okay, we have a Facebook page. It's 3DMs Podcast. Again, spelled the old-fashioned way, T-H-R-E-E-D-M's on uh, 3DMs Podcast. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook. We have uh, we have our podcasts everywhere that good podcasts go. We're, we're also getting on Spotify now. Mm. Well, I, don't, I have to stop bad-mouthing them then. Yep. I, I also saw we were on uh, the Apple Podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Apple Podcast, yep. Google Play Podcast. Uh we're going to be on Spotify soon. Uh, check out our SoundCloud page. And there's a couple we got messages about that I need to double check with. Yeah. But, yeah, if most were available, like 90% of podcast places. Um, I think and, that's it for my plugs. All right. Nacho, you got anything real quick? Uh, oh. My Twitch is essentially dead because of work. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. It'll be coming back up once we make the glorious transition to Twitch with the rebrand. We're going to be a lot more active here pretty soon. Um, and let me just slide back on camera for one second to finish off the episode. Um, today's episode, I would like to uh, have be in honor of the memory of my grandmother who passed away Friday night, uh, Johnny May, R.A.P., Love you very much. And to commemorate her memory, I have made a stat block of her. She was a bartender for over 40 years. Um, she was also a professional, you know, lounge singer and notoriously a really badass chick. So over on our Twitter, I have that stat block already posted. I'm probably going to pin it to the page. Um, and I would just like for a lot of people to use it if possible, help keep the memory alive. And I've got some notes on how to role play her. Um, she was very much a pistol in life and definitely taught me and a whole lot of everybody else in my family a lot about how to live and how to have a good, fun life and also how to survive four husbands. With that, everybody, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time on the 3DMs podcast for the last time because we're going to rebrand the damn show. All right, everybody, have a great day. Bye-bye. That was a sharp left turn. Wasn't it? I got all my grieving out when I, uh... Oh, and I forgot to record the episode. I knew I did something wrong! Oh. Uh...